KRCL champions building a more socially engaged Utah through locally driven programming that promotes music discovery and civic participation. Tune into KRCL on 90.9 FM for a curated mix of music, including at least one track by a Utah artist every hour. From alternative rock to reggae, blues to bluegrass, KRCL is here to bring you the greatest bangers all day, every day. Shh. Are you listening? This is Slug Sandwaves. My name is Curtis Jensen, and I play music in form of rocket. We're, I guess we're a math rock band. When I have to explain it to people the first time, I just tell them we're an indie metal band, and then if they want to hear more, I tell them some more. So we're a math rock band. Um, I like the m- kind of music we make because, for one, it's it's fun to play. It's fun to it's kind of a like an athletic kind of genre in some ways, where there's you're just trying to keep up sometimes, but it's also fun to play for people. Uh, we work really hard to like build tension and then create like moments of release and that's like fun to experience with large groups of people all at once. Four of Rockets 20 something years old and when we first started playing it was like making energy and like the community and having a show where you have a lot of people sort of like expressing this like raw emotion all at once. When we first started playing we didn't use microphones. Peter and I just kind of ran into the crowd and like yelled in people's faces and there wasn't a clear line between us and the crowd. We would set up on the floor at shows and things like that. That's a long time ago. Like now, I'm like I'm like a middle-aged guy with like a job and a mortgage, and like I still like listening to this music, but I don't like seek out loud music the way I used to. But I still really enjoy playing it, and um, it's fun playing these shows and playing with these guys. And I think what attracts me to music now, I think, is just the guys in Form Rocket. I like playing music with those guys. It's pretty hard to find a mix of those folks who can do things quite that way. The tricky part is I don't live in Utah anymore. I live in Fairbanks, Alaska. I've been up in Alaska for a while. And um, that like makes things complex to get together. We're at like kind of life stages where we have some flexibility in schedules and I'm able to sneak down there and it's worked out well. So it's been fun. It's, it is weird to be, Form Rock is such like a Salt Lake band. There's this like, you can't get more Salt Lake than that, I think. I feel like it's, it informed the music. We are all from there. It, Form Rocket was in some ways like an act of rebellion against like this hegemonic, totalizing, theocratic, patriarchy culture that we all were dealing with. But I don't live there anymore. I don't live in Salt Lake anymore. So it's still a Salt Lake band, but I don't live in Salt Lake anymore. Salt Lake's so much bigger and so much more, I don't know if cosmopolitan is a word. There's so much more going on and it happens so fast. I remember when the Olympics came through, I was living in a garage at Kilby Court, kind of where the bathrooms are in behind 
I lived in that little garage. And like they turned the little shop space there into like a pop-up bar. Like Phil Sherman got like a license to just sell beers out of a cooler because of the Olympics. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, we can go buy beer at Kilby Court. This is amazing. It was only, it was like, it had to be sweet beer. Phil just got like as many like cases of paps as he could afford. And then they were selling for a buck a pop. And it was all the same people, but we just didn't have to go to the gas station anymore. And that felt like revelatory. Like, oh my gosh, things really changing. But then like, man, within a few years, it's like condos everywhere and like all sorts of stuff. And it's just, it's a different place. Form Rocket in Salt Lake, there's sort of that like cultural part of it and like the response to the, the culture around us, but also to like Form Rocket, we toured and we toured a lot. We busted our asses touring and we, we didn't make a lick of money. And like, <laughs> we just never, we had a little traction here and there, like in the Midwest, we'd be okay in New York. Um, we could get people to come to our shows, but like, I can remember dozens and dozens and dozens of shows with like dozens of people over and over and over again in every little college town in America over and over again. We toured a lot, but I think we always had, we always had such strong support in Salt Lake when we were first getting going. There was a lot of people that like paid attention to us and a lot of people really rooting for us. In some ways, that's where we're at now. There's still a few of those folks from before who pay attention to us and are rooting for us. For some reason, what we do as a band it makes a lot of sense in Salt Lake City. And I don't know if it makes quite as much sense to other folks. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know why. And I, but the weird thing about it is like, it's almost like been good at this stage. It's almost like because Four of Rocket had such a weird niche and such a rich and depthful like local foundation, I think that's why we can still play music today. I think had we spread ourselves wider, I think it would have just dissolved over time. I don't think anybody would have cared. But for whatever reason, there's enough people who still like Form of Rocket who think the music was impactful and meaningful and think it's worth seeing again. Just in that little spot, it's it's just enough that we can still do it again. And it feels like I feel really lucky that way. Like it almost feels like we dodged a little bit of a bullet somehow. It's like it's been not like deep freeze in Utah or something like that. There's something weird about how we, our roots went really deep and narrow in Utah and we're able to like draw on that today. Um, and I don't know if we would have been able to if we had spread ourselves out a little differently. We have a tape coming out. We'll release it at that first show at Kilby Block Party on Friday the 13th, I think is what we decided. Yep, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a single. It's two kind of rarer tracks. The the A side is uh, Keep Smiling and Smart, the version that first appeared on the Slug's first Death by Salt compilation back in 2003, maybe? And then the B side is a version of a song called Darn Lose, um, that was a demo that we also were lucky enough to have come out on Slug's Death by Salt 2 compilation. Um, the idea with the tape is the that Keep Smiling Ed Smart song, that's my favorite. I think that's my favorite, production-wise, that's my favorite recording of Form Rocket. I think that really captured, at least in 
the way I remember it, um, like what the band sounded like to me when I was sitting in the middle of it playing. We recorded it quick in an afternoon with Andy Patterson. It was like a one-take thing, and turned it around and put some vocals on, and it was done. And I just really like the way it sounds, and I really like that version of Keep Smiling Ed Smart. And then Keep Smiling Ed Smart is the last song that we recorded as a four-piece, where it was me and Peter on guitar, Ben on bass, and Tyler on drums. After that, I ended up doing some traveling and taking a step away from the band, and then Gentry came in, and some other folks kind of came in and out, and... Um, things didn't really settle down until we were a five-piece, and Darwin Lose is one of the first songs we recorded as a five-piece, and that's with Gentry and Peter on guitar, Tyler on drums, Ben's on bass, and then I, I just do vocals on that, and that was demos that we did for the record that came out, a record that came out, I think, in 2006 on Sickroom Records. So I like it because it's a bridge between sort of two formulations of former rocket. I also really like the songs. I think Ed Smart has like a more normal sort of pop song structure, A, B, A, B kind of song structure, even though it has like a lot of like the mathier time signature and weird chord voicing stuff. Whereas Darn Lose, it's like, it's like a deconstructed riff. Um, I really like Darn Lose as a song uh, because like you can really hear Gentry's like... Uh, I don't know how to say it. Like, Gentry approaches composition with, like, his his total mind, and it's like they took a riff and took it apart, all the way totally apart, and then just started with the elemental pieces and, like, built it up, and then three or four minutes in, it coalesces and comes together. Like, the bass plays the same note for, I think, the first three minutes. It just plays the same note. When we had the idea to do the single, we approached Angela about using the songs, Angela from Slug, Angela Brown, who's been just like a good friend and supporter of Slug for so, so long. Side note on Angela, funny story. I met Angela when I was, I think, 16 or 17. I wanted to write for newspapers. And so like I took like articles from my school newspaper and my yearbook and made like a portfolio. And I went to, I don't think Angela had bought Slug yet. She was still, I think, working forever on it before. And like I met her and I was like, here's my portfolio my artist portfolio, I would really like to write for you. And she said, yes. <laughs> and then I like, I think I went to like a, I don't know, like a hot water music show or something like that after that. And like, as like a slug reporter, but like, I've known, I've known Angela for, for just so many years and she's been so supportive. Anyway, she said, Hey, use those songs for the tape. No problem. And she asked if she could do anything else. And I was trying to figure out how to get this thing put out and not have to do it all myself. And so I asked her, I was like, Hey, do you guys want to do it? And she said, yes. And um, so Slug is releasing it. And then we talked to Trent Call about doing the artwork and he had a, he had an idea to do the insert and make it sort of like an, an art object, like do like a zine in the insert. And so kind of talking with him, he built out this, like, it's this cool comic um, where the, the different panels, the captions from the panels are, are different kind of one-liners from form of rocket songs that we stitched together in a narrative. A lot of the drawings have like bits of Salt Lake in them, uh, which is like, it's really great to see. And uh, it was really fun to do. I think it's like a beautiful piece of, I guess you'd call it art that's in there that Trent did. And I'm super excited about it and it'll be a limited release. And uh, yeah, so we're excited to, to do that. And we wanted to do it just to have something to, for the the shows for the Kilby Block Party. It'll be that Friday the 13th, that'll be the release day.
You are about to hear Dark Moons by Former Rocket. It's just a fun song to play, and it's a fun song to listen to, even, even if I'm not playing it. Like I was saying, too, it's a weird. It's just built really weird. You can really hear Gentry's impact on the band in here. The opening bass line really is it's just one note repeated over and over, and it keeps going. Like Ben plays the same little one-note line over and over and over again, and everything kind of works around it. Um, the way that Gentry and Peter's chords sort of, it's almost like they never quite land on the exact notes. They're always like bending away from like the note and the key that they they should land on, but it holds together. And I think Tyler's drumming on it is like the recording of it is fantastic. And when we play it live, I just like watching Tyler playing it. It's always fun to watch him play it. It's like every measure, <laughs> you're just kind of waiting for him to miss. He's just like taking these big swings all the way through. His, and it's like, at some point he's missing. He never does. It's like he just fall. It's like he's just falling down the stairs through the song. And then it all comes together at the end.
what's next for us. I think we're going to see how this goes and <laughs> see if uh, we can pull it off and then um, hopefully do some more after that. We've talked about like writing new music, but it's a little tricky because of geography, but I would like to do, I think it'd be fun to do some more music or do some more interesting shows. We're on Bandcamp. We're on Spotify. Um, the first three records are on Spotify now. And then we are, if you want to see us live, um, on Friday, May 13th, we're playing in the evening at Kilby Block Party. And then on Saturday, May 14th, we're playing the Kilby Block Party after party at Urban Lounge. And I think that show's late. If you enjoyed this episode of Soundwaves, please take 60 seconds to rate and review us on iTunes. Representation matters. It matters in age, race, skill, experience, opinion, and thought. W Collective Company aims to acknowledge and celebrate women in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. Head to utah40over40.com to learn how to be part of this movement. The Living Traditions Festival is a multicultural community event presenting music, dance, food, and craft from over 90 cultures with no ticket required and happening on May 20th to 22nd at Washington and Library Square. More info at livingtraditionsfestival.com.